welcome to Whippy on Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we're talking about the end of Emma? Yeah, we finally finished Emma. Uh, yay! Yay! We finally finished it, so now all of our, all of our questions are answered. Um, but we're not going to talk about the overall book this episode. That'll be our next episode where we talk about everything, our likes, our dislikes, our disappointments, our cheers, everything like that. Um, we'll get to answer the question we posed last week, which is, who is the real villain of Emma? Also, we get to answer the question that we asked ourselves toward the beginning, which is, do we like Emma? And does she get any better throughout the book? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because Emma sure thinks she gets better by the end of the book. But that's for next week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In the meantime, today we are talking about chapters 49 through 55, which is basically yep. the end of the book. It is the end of the book. Not it basically. is. I mean, it's basically. literally the end of the book. I mean, I might have one additional page in mind, but it's it's just the other Dover Thrift Edition classics, so... So the synopsis for this week, I have it, and it's really super duper short. Are you ready? Yes. <clears throat> we get confirmation that Frank Churchill bought the pianoforte. <laughs> Done. The end. Happily ever after. That's Hooray! End. That's all we cared about. Okay, actually, so Knightley confesses his love to Emma, which we all knew was coming. They get engaged. Austin has this weird thing about how people have proposals, like obvious proposals, and they don't get married. And then they have like less obvious proposals. And then they're suddenly engaged in getting married. It's weird. Um, yeah. But then Frank writes an apology letter with, to Mrs. Weston, who then gives it to Emma, who then gives it to Mr. Knightley. And everybody seems to be okay with Frank now? Maybe? Yeah. They're friends again. Yeah. Jane and Emma make up and might actually become friends, kind of. But Emma's relationship with Harriet starts to go down the hole when she starts to realize, oh, crap, I'm now engaged to the guy that Harriet has a huge crush on. Crap, I can't have her over here while I'm all over my man. So, oh, she has a toothache. I'm going to send her to London to the dentist. So (laughs) Harriet goes to London to see a dentist and comes back engaged to Mr. Martin. Random. Because yay. Yeah. Well, it's not random. It's explained. And I think Mr. Knightley had a really heavy hand in in the whole thing. But uh, at the end, Harriet and Mr. Martin are married. And then Emma and Mr. Knightley are also married. I don't think that Frank and Jane get married at the end, but they are still engaged and they're kind of off away from Highbury. The end. Um, You did leave out just a teeny something, which I don't blame you for leaving it out because I barely caught on to it. Um, and that's that Mrs. Weston had a baby, and I oh, know yeah. they talked about it, like, in earlier sections, but, like, sometimes I would read those parts and be like, is she having a baby? Nobody else is really talking about it. And, like, it's always just, like, a throwaway sentence. <laughs> well, it's it's less, oh, she's pregnant, she's having a baby, and more her condition. The way she is. Like, that's why she didn't go to Box Hill, is because of her condition. Yeah, but they, they say baby several times in, like, at least the past two sections. They've they've referred to it. They say baby, I think, in the last section. And then this one, she has the baby. The baby is there. They can't ignore this thing that's sitting on her lap. So that's why we see baby. But before that, when they're really talking about the pregnancy, it's always her condition or her state. 
I just felt like everybody is just so obsessed with their own goings on that nobody cares that Mrs. Weston is having a baby. That's how it read to me. I mean, <laughs> like I don't I don't think we're supposed to care that she's having a baby. Nobody really had a fuss about it. Yeah. The only part where I think we're supposed to care is when Emma and Knightley are talking about the fact that it's a girl mm-hmm. and how Miss West Mrs. Weston basically raised emma and how they're kind of joking about how this kid is going to end up just like emma because mrs weston is also going to raise her so yeah but other than that the baby is kind of just a thing that's there and her pregnancy was essentially just something she was quote-unquote suffering from and not able to go places yeah i just i i know that like it's been mentioned and i've known at least our past two episodes i've been aware that a baby is coming for her but we've never talked about it. And usually it's because I forgot because <laughs> nobody cares <laughs> that she's having a baby. <laughs> that is that is true. Yeah. 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 So. Anyway. But yeah, she has a baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's all we got to say so about that's that. All <laughs> that's all we're going to say. The end. <laughs> so... The beginning of this section is the nightly confession of love. Yeah. So Emma is out walking, kind of still dealing with the whole Frank Churchill being secretly engaged situation. And all of a sudden, Mr. Knightley shows up at Hartfield and she's like, oh, dude, what's up? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was in London and then I rode here really quick in the rain and I just got here. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah, I'm here now. Oh, okay, well, you rode all the way in the rain. You're probably tired. You want to go in for tea? No, I want to stand out here and talk with you. Okay, let's walk around some more, even though I know you're really tired and you just came from all the way from London in the rain. Okay. And then just go walking around and talking about stuff. At first, she's trying to keep him from sharing the news that she is dreading, and that is that he's in love with Harriet and is going to marry Harriet. That's what she thinks he is going to say to her. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, let me ask you about my sister. Let me ask you about my nephews. Let me ask you about your brother. Let me, oh, we've exhausted all of that conversation. Oh, crap. And then, like, she asks him a question. I don't exactly remember what it is, but it kind of indicates that he's not in love with Harriet and that he's kind of in love with her and then she starts to get really excited and then they go for another turn around the garden but it's not really explicitly said oh hey I'm not in love with Harriet it's almost like Harriet isn't brought up at all mm-hmm. really but Knightley does say essentially that he loves Emma it's what what is the line if I loved you less I'd be able to talk about it more Yeah, which I have read that over and over. I've seen people post it. I've now read it here in context, and I still don't. Like, I get it, but also I don't. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it didn't feel as the romantic thing at the time uh, when you're reading it. Knightley is a very practical dude, right? So... Mm -hmm. Things probably that he holds very near and dear, he holds those things near and dear and he doesn't like share them out with others because they're his things. And maybe that's why he can't talk about it more or like be more like romantic or whatever because he's like a private kind of guy and like he keeps his emotions inside. 
Well, I don't disagree with you. I think that that is a very valid uh, description of him. And yeah, I also wonder, though, if it isn't a little bit because of their close existing relationship Mm -hmm. and that whole not siblings indeed kind of a thing, you know? Right. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So, I mean, that would also be a reason for him to not outwardly be like, oh, yeah, I've loved Emma all this time, blah, 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 blah. But what I kind of mean by like, it didn't feel that romantic was that like, what you want in these situations and what we kind of get a little bit in in like Pride and Prejudice is we get like in Pride and Prejudice we get Lizzie's like nervous build up to like the actual like final proposal from Darcy and what he says is you know pretty much like do you still like if you still think that I'm a terrible person I won't talk about this ever again and she's like no 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 so it's kind of like the 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 very like the build up the tension she thinks he's going to reject her or like she thinks that he's not in love with her anymore kind of a thing and then it turns out that he is and he was also nervous and you could feel that tension there so then what he says is very romantic okay ta-da we don't have that in emma no emma is nervous and you can feel the like the emotion coming off of nightly because he's just like "I i i need to get this off my chest i need to tell you but it doesn't have the same tension that Pride and Prejudice does. So it didn't come off the same way. Like, I'm not like swoon Mr. Knightley kind of a thing. Yeah, you know? I agree. Yeah. And I want to say that that comes mostly from Emma. Because again, like reading it, I just kept feeling like, oh, I feel you, Mr. Knightley. I get it. Like, I can feel how much that you, you know, you were really worried that Frank and Emma had a thing going on. And then you find out that Frank is engaged to Jane Fairfax. And the first thing you do is get on your horse, drive or ride from London in the rain to tell Emma finally that you're in love with her. And you're so happy that she is not, you know, with Frank. Yeah. Like, I feel that. But Emma's just like, cool, you're not in love with my best friend that's awesome and you're in love with me that's also cool (laughs) she i don't feel like she's in love with him i agree i didn't feel it either i this whole last section honestly like i just felt very blah about it Mm -hmm. like i just i all the stuff happens and like yay but also like I don't feel any of the feelings. It's everything still feels very odd. And mm-hmm. when they're having the scene where he's confessing and I feel like Emma's so in her head about Harriet and like potentially he's in love with Harriet and any moment now he's going to say that he is in love with Harriet and they're going to get married and she's imagining what what Mr. John Knightley has said to him about marrying Harriet and she's imagining, you know, what it's going to be like after that happens. When he initially wants to tell her She's like, oh, all right, fine. Just tell me I'm your friend. We're friends. Like putting emphasis on friends, Mm -hmm. which is like discouraging him because he's like, oh, crap, we're just friends. (laughs) So it almost (laughs) feels like it's not going to happen. And then it does. But she's still not. I don't know. She she doesn't seem excited about it. She seems happy and pleased. But yeah, but not like that kind of yeah fluttery yeah. feeling you know not like jane fairfax who we finally see interacting with frank in the way that they're supposed to be considering they're engaged and she's re- like she's talking with emma because she doesn't have to feel like you know emma is flirting with her man and stuff like that and it's great like jane seems legitimately happy 
and healthy and good for her because your boy's still a fuck boy. <laughs> you know, uh, I wonder if Emma still is like reticent because she's still thinking about how this will affect Harriet and she's like thinking about how this is going to affect her dad. Because that is brought up a lot. Right. And I, I get that. That she is really concerned about her dad, but I feel like even at the end, after the spoiler alert, fix all of those issues. <laughs> it's she still doesn't seem like legitimately happy. Yeah. Like, let me put it this way. We've read this so far. We've read Pride and Prejudice and Emma. And when you take Lizzie Bennett, Jane Bennett, Jane Fairfax, Harriet Smith and Emma, and you put them in a list and you're like... Okay, who seemed the happiest to be married? You would have Jane Bennett, Mm -hmm. Lizzie Bennett, Jane Fairfax, Emma, and Harriet. And the only reason why we don't see Harriet is because all of that happens offstage. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't feel like she is legitimately in love with Knightley. I just don't. It's almost like, like, she's happy, she's pleased, she's in this routine. Because what's essentially happening is that Knightley is moving into Hartfield, so he's going to be there all the time, which he's already there all the time. She's comfortable around him. She wants him to be there because then she can talk with him. He can help her with her dad, which he already does anyway. So it's almost like she's just, uh, she's settling. Not that I think that she could do better, because Knightley clearly loves her. I don't, I don't feel like she's like, you know, missing out, but I feel like she's like, she's just like, oh, okay, I accept this. This is good. I'm okay with this. As opposed to, I really love him like he really loves me. You know? To me, it feels like she's just getting what she wants and what she needs. Because there's this one part, and I forget where it is, but she's thinking about her nephew being able to inherit Donwell Abbey and like how, oh, you know, how she was thinking before, like how Knightley could never marry so her nephew could have it. And well, now she's going to marry him. And there's this like little smile that plays across her lips when she thinks that. And like, it's almost like, yeah, I I didn't really, really, really care about my nephew. I just cared about me. <laughs> like, well, I don't know. I, I don't disagree with you. I think that, yeah, she is just like, okay, cool. This is everything that I want. So why why question? Why think about my feelings? This is just what I want. I'm good. I'm settled. I'm good. Because later on in the book, even that whole like conflict about like, oh, well, what about my nephew? Well, it's already talked about that between Donwell Abbey and Hartfield, like those two houses, those two lands or properties are going to be split between the two nightly boys. So like, I... Like, Knightley and Emma don't have any kids, but I'm sure Donwell Abbey will go to their kid, and then Hartfield will go to John's son, so her nephew. So, like, her nephew is still getting something. He's still inheriting a house. Yeah. So. No, I know. It just felt like she's just getting what she wants. Mm -hmm. Well, so, there's a good time between this proposal and this engagement and when they actually get married, which is at the very end. Mm -hmm. And there's like months that go by. Yeah. And we see them interact in between, which isn't something that we got necessarily with uh, the Bennett sisters, Darcy and Bingley. You know, we don't really see them. We just kind of, yeah. But we see how Emma and Knightley are kind of, kind of going to be when they're married. 
And that's exactly what I thought of when I saw all of this is like, oh, they're already acting married. And then you think back to how they were acting during the rest of the book. And nothing really changes that much, except that I feel like Knightley is a little bit more talkative. Yeah. So it's it's almost like they're just like, yeah, let's get married because we're practically married anyway. Well, and think of like when Mr. Woodhouse, when they finally break the news to Mr. Woodhouse and he's like, you can't do this. And they're like, don't worry, you're, I'm going to come and live here at Hartfield. He's like, you, you're here anyway. What's the point? Like, he's just like, yeah. he's basically us. Like, what's the point? I don't get it. Like, you don't want to <laughs> yes. get married. You're here all the time anyway. Why do we have to have any change? And I'm here. And I'm like, I feel you, Mr. Woodhouse. Why do we have to have a change? We have to have a change because Mr. Knightley wants to sleep with Emma. And Emma's like, okay, I'll sleep with Mr. Knightley. But the only way to do that is to get married. So they have to get married. Uh, That's essentially what it is. Can I- because you're right. Nothing's happening, Mr. Woodhouse. It's the exact same situation, except that now your daughter's going to be banging in the other room. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other thing, too, is like, I know I'm jumping to the end, but when they finally are able to get married, like there's, like, it like keeps getting put off because of Mr. Woodhouse's jitters. For it. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, why are we doing this? Oh, no, it's making me nervous. Oh, you know, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then what is able to, like, make them finally get married is, like, somebody is going around and robbing, like, hen houses, robbing, like, turkeys in the area. Mr. Woodhouse suddenly doesn't feel safe anymore, and he needs to have his son-in-law with him and near him at all times now. <laughs> and, like, he needs to be in the same house, and he can only be in the same house all the time as if him and Emma are married. And to which I was thinking, I guarantee the Knightley boys are out there stealing turkeys <laughs> so that they could just get married. <laughs> so they can get the brother married. Especially because it's Mrs. Weston's turkeys, so she's probably in on it, too, because Mrs. Weston, when she finds out about this engagement, she's just like, oh, wow, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, how, Emma, how come you didn't think about this before? Why did you never think about Knightley as an option before? This makes perfect sense. You're practically married anyway. So I wouldn't be surprised if Mrs. Weston was just like, oh, yeah, my turkeys were stolen. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just see them, like. George and John out there, middle-aged men stealing turkeys. <laughs> it's like, we're going to get you married, buddy. All right. They're both drunk at the crown and decide to go over to the Westons and steal some turkeys. <laughs> this is a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the version of Emma I want to see. Oh, uh, You know, actually, you know what the version of Emma I want to see? I want to see Jane Fairfax's point of view because that part at the end when you finally see jane interacting with frank churchill and it's just like i want to know your inner thoughts let's let's talk about that first Uh, now that we've kind of covered that emma and knightley are getting married knightley is truly in love with emma and emma's just like cool my life stays the same i guess this is good uh Frank Churchill. So he's all scandal, you know, came into Highbury and like secretly engaged, was totally flirting, was an asshole, blah, 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 blah. Total fuckboy. Well, now he's on an apology tour. (laughs) So he writes to Mrs. Weston because he is still at Enscombe and Jane is still in Highbury, but they've kind of settled their situation. And we finally get to see like what was going on with them because again we only saw what emma saw and that little bit that mr knightley saw which by the way was totally brought up and it was kind of funny yeah but we finally get to see their whole story so 
in in letter form, of course. <laughs> uh, so essentially, they met in Weymouth. He fell in love with her and convinced her to go into this engagement. And she was like, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. Let's do this. And then essentially Frank admitted that he didn't come to Highbury until Jane was there on purpose. Yep. Yeah. Which we all knew. Mr. Knightley knew, essentially, once he figured out the whole Jane thing. So essentially he was flirting with Emma to hide the fact that he was engaged with Jane. Which we talked about last week. Yeah, which we did. And Emma was just clueless to it, but he thought that Emma was in on it. Like that he, maybe not that she knew that Jane, he and Jane were engaged, but that he didn't really like her and that this is just a thing. And like, she didn't really like him and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And he legitimately thought that she had uncovered his secret and was going to confess it when he was initially leaving. But it's probably a good thing he didn't because Emma didn't catch any of it. (laughs) She had no idea. But most importantly, Frank Churchill sent Jane Fairfax a pianoforte. Yes. But Jane didn't know it was from him. Because she would not have accepted it. Yeah, Jane would not have agreed to that. Yeah. Uh, Because it is a very crazy gift. To which Mr. Knightley responds, yeah, that was insane. (laughs) Also, we know that Frank Churchill did indeed run into Jane the morning of the Donwell Abbey party the day before Box Hill. And he was so grumpy because he had bumped into her and was like, let me walk you home. And she's like, no, stupid, you can't. People will talk if you do. Duh. And he's like, no, I'm going to walk you home. She's like, no, go away. And he got mad. He got pissy <laughs> because she's <laughs> keeping their secret a secret. Like, mm-hmm. she's actually doing all the things to keep it a secret, and he's just getting mad. <laughs> now, remember, this is after he totally accidentally blundered the beans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, About yeah, they Mr. had to be Perry's extra careful. Marriage. Yeah. 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 So, essentially, the letter goes into explaining why he did it and, you know, the the heartbreak that he felt when, essentially, Jane called off the engagement. So, after the Donwell Abbey situation and the Box Hill situation, remember, Frank had to immediately go back to Richmond, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because his aunt was dying. Well... Jane took that opportunity to go to Mrs. Elton and say, oh, hey, I'm going to take that that governess position. And she wrote to Frank and said, our engagement is off. I'm taking that governess position. Peace out. See you later. Yeah. Yeah, fuck boy. (laughs) The thing is, is that Frank got that letter the day his aunt died. I was like, oh, shit, no, let me write (laughs) back to you ASAP and tell you that my aunt's dead and we can be together. And, yep, I'm going to make sure to put this in the post. This is a very important letter. I'm going to put it in the post. And where does he put it? In his desk. And he assumes he sent it, but he did not send it. To be fair, his aunt had just died and he's a guy. Yeah, no, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, he'd never sent it. And so all this mm-hmm. this time goes past and Jane's like, rude. He didn't even respond. All right, fine. And so she sends back all of the letters that he had sent her. And she's like, here's your shit. Um, I expect you to send me back my letters because I don't want those coming and resurfacing down the line. So send them to me 
in a week, or if you can't, then here's where I'll be. Well, on top of that, if you remember correctly, she was getting really, really ill during this time. So she was not only stressing out about the fact that her secret engagement is now over, that it's probably going to come out that she was in a secret engagement, that she has this new job, and that Frank never responded to her. So she is like really, really getting sick, which is good for Frank in the sense that she wasn't able to go to Bristol. So he was able to realize, oh, frick, I didn't send that letter and make his way back to Bristol to make up for it. Yeah. They make up. Everything's cool. She's like, okay, fine. I guess I'll still marry you because obviously, you know, you're in love with me. Hair flip. (laughs) Uh, And this is what Frank pretty much says in the letter. And this is to Mrs. Weston, remember. So he's able to just be like, look, I really love her. And this whole time that I thought, like, our engagement was over, it was just terrible. I felt bad. I'm really sorry that I, like, you know, I used you. I used Emma. I used all of these people just to keep it a secret. And I was a jerk. And he totally admits fault everywhere and asks for forgiveness. And on one hand, because I do want to look at him as like, oh, well, yeah, sure. Frank Churchill's the villain. He was totally having a secret engagement. At the same time, it's just like, no, not really. Like, he does seem like a legitimately, like, confused person. Like, he doesn't quite know exactly how to handle the situation that he finds himself in. And he keeps digging himself like a deeper hole. But Mm -hmm. he does admit his fault and he does Mm -hmm. ask for forgiveness. And I think that's the first step in making amends he still has a long way to go Mm -hmm. especially to jane yeah he he basically has to give jane a whole entire lifetime of happiness to make up for this which i'm confident Mm -hmm. he will do Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm not mad at him anymore (laughs) but but he's not you know i i'm gonna keep my eye on him (laughs) yeah I don't really care as much because i just am happy that i was right about the pianoforte uh (laughs) but anyway yeah so frank and Jane are now able to like be together and be seen together. And everybody goes to hang out at Mrs. Weston's because she had a baby. Yes. (laughs) So there's the baby. Uh, So Frank and Jane are there. Emma is there. I don't know if Knightley is there. I thought so, but then also I wasn't sure. Mr. Woodhouse is there, but I don't know if Knightley's there. But either way, Emma and Frank get to have a conversation. They get to have a frank conversation yes. about the whole situation. And essentially, Emma's just like, I I forgive you. It's okay. Yeah, but also the way they have their conversation doesn't skip a beat. Like, it's still kind of, like, weirdly flirty. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. Know? And I just think that's just how they talk with each other. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I they don't, so they don't like each other, but they're just going to talk to each other like that. I, I did feel like for somebody who was on an apology tour, he was just kind of like, he was really chipper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's making jokes about the blunder, which he was pretty much just like, because uh, Mrs. Weston said, oh, I was going to call on Mr. Perry to come and tell me my kid was sick. And uh, which, why would you bring that up in, in Mr. Woodhouse's presence? I don't understand. But uh, Frank responded with, oh, how's Mr. Perry? Has he have his carriage? That was such a weird dream. To which Jane was just like, oh, my freaking God, really, dude. But she like couldn't help but smile. And like, let me just say that it kind of reminded me of my marriage where my husband says something really stupid. And I just want to be like, oh, my freaking God, did you just say that? But instead, I just can't stop laughing. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I, I know people at home can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yep. But um, so they seem cool. Everybody seems cool. Uh, Emma and Jane have like a heart to heart. But do they? They want to. They kind. They like yeah. understand each other without having that because this is the part that I found weird. So Emma goes over to the Bateses because she just needs to see Jane and like get everything out in the open and clear. And when she gets there, Mrs. Elton is there, and it's like Mrs. Elton is like keeping Jane's secret as if Emma doesn't know that her and Frank are engaged and maybe she doesn't know that Emma knows but like yeah. she's also like talking about it a lot but like purposefully being secretive and like keeping Emma out of it because she doesn't like Emma but like I just wanted Emma to be like bitch I know <laughs> everybody knows <laughs> like I don't know it was so weird yeah, no, Mrs. Ms. So there's a couple of times in these chapters that Mrs. Elton just really pisses me off. It's that one. Where I'm just like, dude, you're annoying. Get over it. And then when she finds out about Emma and Knightley, her and Mr. Elton have a conversation where she's essentially just like, oh, poor Mr. Knightley. I didn't think he would like stoop so low. I guess we can't invite him over for dinner anymore. I guess I can't go over to Donwell Abbey anymore. Not only can I not go to Downwell Abbey anymore, but I can't go over there and boss around the servants like I was before because now there's a Mrs. Knightley to do that. Mm, boo. But their yeah. servants suck anyway, so it doesn't matter. Also, if he's moving into Hartfield, they're totally going to have to fight over servants. Also, her wedding totally didn't have enough lace and silk white, and white satin. people. Yeah. It was nothing like my wedding. My wedding was so much more fancy. And it's just like... Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Like. You're the worst. Seriously. Could you be more nouveau riche? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Jane and Emma kind of are okay. Frank and Emma are kind of okay. Mr. Knightley is kind of like, Frank Churchill is 23 years old and stupid. So I guess me and my age of 38 can't judge him too much, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this baby. Yes. And again, remember, the baby is just kind of there. But the baby prompts an interesting and kind of creepy conversation. Yes, it does. This conversation hurt my soul so much. So Mrs. Weston was Emma's governess and essentially raised her. Well, now Mrs. Weston has a daughter. So Emma and Knightley comment on how Mrs. Weston will probably treat her daughter and raise her daughter. And how that Mr. Knightley kind of makes a comment on how that daughter is likely going to be like Emma because she'll be essentially spoiled. <laughs> right. And he says, well, I'm really tired of spoiled children, <laughs> which reminds us all that he is almost 40. Right. Exactly. <laughs> And while Emma is talking about how she was treated as a girl and how while Mrs. Weston and Mr. Woodhouse totally just let her slide on a lot of things, Mr. Knightley was around and he was able to kind of put his foot down and like make sure that she, you know, didn't. Yeah, she stayed in line. Kept yeah, that in she line. stayed in line. Yeah. To which 
Mr. Knightley responds as such. I could not think about you so much without doting on you, faults and all. And by dint of fancying, so many errors have been in love with you ever since you were 13 at least. No! So this whole time, we've talked about how they've had this previous relationship and how it's kind of creepy that an almost 40-year-old man is wanting to marry a 21-year-old woman, uh, especially because he's known her her entire life, pretty much. Uh, and we're like, oh, well, you know, okay, fine. It's the time. They, Of course, they would know each other. Their families are connected, blah, 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 blah. So like, oh, well, I didn't think of her in that way until she was a woman. Turns out, no, that's not the case. No, according to that, no, yeah. Why? Why? And Why? Emma brings it up in relation to Mrs. Weston's baby, which is just no. Which essentially that. Well, here, let me just read that. <clears throat> And if poor little Anna Weston is to be spoiled, it will be the greatest humanity in you to do as much for her as you have done for me, except falling in love with her when she is 13. No! I mean, way to poke fun at it. I'll give Austin that. But it's still real creepy. Now, I have the annotated version and the idea of in love with uh has an annotation and it says that it is very fond of or full of love for the term was often used outside of a romantic or sexual context then mr knightley has said that he started thinking of emma as a potential wife only recently and that is true however the fact that emma then says the same thing about mrs weston's baby kind of makes me feel like she's kind of hinting at it have been romantic love maybe not sexual love but a romantic love you know yeah so my annotations aren't quite right i don't think because <laughs> it it does sound like nightly started falling in romantic love with emma as early as 13 yeah yeah did he meet her has he known her since she was a baby um wasn't it emma didn't she i think isabella got married when emma was 12 and is that when he started hanging around more once the families were connected like that? Probably, but you would imagine that they would still have been connected as the two, as like the only two like high society families in town. And the fact that Isabella and John had been, you know, it's, they weren't just suddenly one day married. There was a whole lead up to it, you know? Yeah. So while I don't think we have confirmation that they've known each other since she, since Emma was a baby, I would imagine it, that... At least he would have known of her. Yeah, yeah. Like, he probably wasn't hanging out at Hartfield all the time like he was later in life, but... Yeah. yeah. It was still his sister-in-law's 12-year-old sister. Yeah. So, he's in his 20s at this time, right? Well, what's 21 minus 12? 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a math teacher. <laughs> nine? Um, nine. Yeah. Yes. So, so he's 38 minus nine. 38 minus nine. Oh, sorry. You're asking me. I am. <laughs> 29? 29. <laughs> okay. I got scared. I can't do math like that. It's too much pressure. (laughs) That's why I'm making you do it on the podcast. I'm scared. Uh, I'm scared of people finding out how bad I am at math. (laughs) So if we ever do a live podcast, uh, I'm going to do nothing but throw math questions at Katrina. (laughs) Uh, Not that I'm much better, but that's not the point. Uh, So he's 29 when she is 12. So he meets her when he is... 29. It's so creepy. He is a few years younger than us. It's so creepy. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It's not. Now, there, however long big age gap isn't a big deal when she's in her 20s. And that was fine if he just was like, oh, yeah, no, I, you know, I didn't know you before that. I didn't start thinking about you romantically until you were in your 20s. Okay, that's a little different. Yeah, that's still a pretty big age gap, but it's, you know, that's a little different than a 12-year-old and a 29-year-old. Can we just, like, go back to your annotation and interpret that he's saying in love with as, like, an extreme fondness and admiration for. So he sees this young girl and he's like, he gets to know her and... Yeah, she's sassy, and yeah, she's trying to get away with stuff, but he's like, ah, that's okay, you know, she, it's cute, right? It's just a cute kid yeah, doing I mean, stuff, and like, you know, he starts to like have like, he has like a soft heart for her. No, and I think that's what the annotation. Okay, I just That's what the that. annotation is saying. I just That's what that. the annotation is saying. I need to think that. I need to okay. think that to make this okay. Okay, okay, well, so just for listeners, um... Yes, that is what my annotation says. It is strongly suggesting that he means that he was fond of her when she was 13, as in he cared for her like a little sister or like a girl that he knew that he cared a lot about. And he didn't start thinking about her as a potential wife or in a romantic or sexual context until recently. So since the book, since the timeline of the book. However, I, as a reader and as somebody who is looking at this book with a bit of an analytical eye, think that the fact that Emma brings it up later hints to the idea that it wasn't just a fondness, that it was more of a romantic love. Because the way she says, oh, well, don't fall in love with Anna when she turns 13 is almost like saying like, oh, well, don't go out there and get a younger woman kind of a thing. Like, don't don't start to have these feelings for Anna because you have these feelings for me kind of a thing. That's how I read it. And that's how I'm interpreting it. And I would agree with my annotation had Emma not said that other comment. And I'm sorry to say that. And Katrina, you can make up your own mind. Clearly this annotated version has. And listeners, you can you can decide that on your own. That's just my interpretation of the text. So, yeah. Yeah. I do feel like, I feel like it's more of a joke to him because he fell in love with her i don't i don't feel like she has to worry about him going after somebody younger oh no she doesn't i feel like it's just kind of like a stab like a joke like oh ha ha like you've you've said that you haven't liked me you said that 
I'm insufferable. You were always correcting my behavior and you still fell in love with me. And like, I just feel like it's like a stab of humor and she's using the baby to like reference her. I mean, I get that. I can see that interpretation as well. Um, But when you also think about the fact that he is significantly older than her and then the whole fact that it's even brought up as a concept or an idea that he could ever then want to marry Anna Weston, who is even that much older or that much younger than him is also kind of creepy. Yeah. I, so I think they're just making fun of him. I, I hope so. But again, that's not how I read the text and that might change the more I read into. It. And again, cause we want to reread this We're book. Gonna so re-read maybe, it. Yeah. maybe my interpretation of it will change when I read it all at one time. And now that I'm, you know, familiar with it and everything like that, it'll, it'll change. Like that's one of the nice things about reading and interpreting what you read is that you can change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's where I currently stand. I want to be more like you. <laughs> But right now, that's where I stand. And I also stand believing that Emma doesn't love Knightley. I think Knightley loves Emma, but I don't think Emma loves Knightley. And that's yeah. where I'm standing at the end of this romance book. So. I, I feel the same way. I feel like a little bit of a letdown right now. So I'm hoping when we reread it and it'll be all the way through and I'm in a clearer headspace that mm-hmm. it will read differently. And I'll see things that I probably missed because I'm sure I missed a lot in this initial read through. I'm sure I did not interpret things very well. I'm sure I missed little hints here and there. Like so, the piano forte. Yeah, like I I don't get any of this. I like basically every <laughs> time we sit down to record I'm like, I don't understand what's happening in this book. Somebody needs to explain it to me. <laughs> and then I then explain things and then you're like, "Oh yeah," and then you explain things to me. Yeah. That's how this that's why this works. That's yeah. Um but the other thing is is that we're also going to have watched adaptations and again i feel like this book definitely is a lot like a shakespeare play in that it's probably better if you just watch it yeah (laughs) yeah but there is something we haven't talked about because it kind of sounds like we're winding down but i I do want to bring up the uh the dentist husband situation yes uh so harriet needs she has a toothache so emma's just like oh hey i don't want you to know that i'm engaged to mr knightley because i don't want to break your heart so i'm going to send you to my sister in london where they have dentists so please go do that and then (sighs) mr knightley is engaged and he's all happy la di da and then he meets up with mr martin and while i can't confirm this mr knightley's like oh yeah you really liked harriet and harriet's not that bad i'm i'm i misspoke before harriet's pretty good you know what yeah you're right you should still go talk to harriet oh hey mr martin come here a second uh i know you have to go to london on business can you also take this piece of paper to my brother yeah don't read it well, it doesn't matter. It's it's blank, but I just need you to take it to my brother. Um, just just go there. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Don't ask any questions. Just just go. Okay, cool. Thanks. So he goes, hands Mr. John Knightley the blank piece of paper, to which Mr. Knight or Mr. John Knightley's like, Oh hey dude, nice to have you here. Do you want to stay and hang out? We're gonna go to this one place with our kids and Harriet. And he's like, Oh, Harriet. Okay, yeah. And then they totally hang out together. And in my head, it's adorable um, because they're like, oh, you still like me? Oh, I guess I really liked you all along anyway. And then they're like, hey, do you want to get married? And she's just like, yeah, let's do it. And then she comes back and she's engaged. Yep. Yep. Sadly, we don't actually get to see any of it. We just hear it secondhand. Yep. <laughs> but 
that's the love story I wanted to have a nice like happy like ending like I wanted I wanted Harriet and Mr. Martin to get together like Jane and Bingley I wanted it to be more obvious that Mr. George Knightley played a big role in this Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when Emma finds out she's kind of like I mean, she's shocked at the idea that it happened, which I don't blame her because we haven't had Mr. Martin in the book in a long time. So for all we knew, he was dead. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And at the time, who knows? But uh, she's just like, wait, what? This is so weird. But instead, I feel like that moment should have been more of Knightley being like, oh, yeah, no, I totally sent him there. I totally did this. I did this. And Emma being grateful. Yeah. Because Emma has realized, oh, I keep screwing up Harriet's life and romance and stuff like that. And I should have just let her marry Mr. Martin. She does kind of come to that conclusion eventually and in a lot more words. Mm -hmm. But I really wanted Emma to really just be like, you know, you saved the day. Thank you very much. Like, you know, like everything like that. But it's kind of more, it felt more like she was kind of angry that it was happening. (laughs) And even Mr. Knightley's like, are you angry? (laughs) She just was like in shock. And he's like, yeah, you're not happy about this. I know you still don't think he's good enough for your friend. And she's like, no, no, I'm just really surprised. And it's like, yeah, I get that you're really surprised. but And then eventually she is really happy about it. But it just takes her a long time to get there. Like longer than it should. It's like she has to process it. Yeah, it's like she's reading Emma. It's like she didn't want this to happen. She didn't want this to happen. She didn't want this to happen. And then when it finally happens, she, it takes her a while. It's just like does not compute. Or like it's yeah. just really, it's a really slow processor. And it's just mm-hmm. like, hold on. This is a big file. I have, mm-hmm. there's a lot I need to download. <laughs> and my internet is really slow. And it's really slow right now. <laughs> Because I am embroidering something. You just like came in here and you interrupted my embroidery with this random crazy news like a typical man. <laughs> Can't you see I am busy? Needle Can't point. you see? <laughs> uh, so I mean, Harriet does like come to Emma and they're both excited and yay and they're so happy and everything and then everybody gets married. But can we talk about the fact that Mr. Elton has to marry Harriet and Mr. Martin? And how it's just like <laughs> well, and not only that, but he also marries Emma Knightley. Uh huh. Uh huh. Which is which is at the point where Mrs. Elton is just like her wedding totally wasn't fancy enough, and I'm just like shut the fuck up, bitch. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that's Emma. That's it. We did it. We made it through. Sorry to everybody who really loves and cherishes this book. We apologize. <laughs> We're going to try again and we're going to do better. Well, again, we're going to watch some adaptations. But next week, we will talk about how we feel overall with the book. I think we should do some more superlatives like we did for Pride and Prejudice because those were a lot of fun. Yes, we are going to do that for sure. For sure. Yeah. So if there's any specific superlatives that you want us to hand out to characters, message us on our Instagram. Just... You know, DM us and we'll throw it up there. I'll probably throw a poll up as well, but, or, you know, something like that. But yeah, so we're going to talk about everything Emma next week. And then we finally get to start watching adaptations. Yay! Yay! I love watching movies. I am ready to stop reading and start watching movies. And (laughs) 
Not right away, guys. But eventually, we're going to watch Clueless. We're seriously so pumped for this and watch. We're going to watch this movie and be completely disappointed. (laughs) No, no, no. I watch Clueless like on a regular basis. So I'm just excited to watch it and talk about it on podcast now. (laughs) It's it's been a hot minute. Oh, my gosh. Are we a John Mulaney joke right now? Are we? Where it's like, oh, I've always wanted to talk about this, but I didn't have a podcast back then. (laughs) Yes. Yes, we are, because I love Clueless so much. And I think the last time I watched it was like four months ago. And I do. I watch it pretty regularly. So I'm ready. Can we we have another podcast where we just watch movies from like back in the day and Uh then talk about them? Because, Mm -hmm. um, yep. Tiny little shout out here. We were, or we did a uh, guest podcast with Barely Bookish, where we talked about Bridget Jones's Diary. And when I first started, I was like, "Oh, I don't really want to watch this movie because I I remember hating certain parts of it." But like watching it and then just like dishing about it was like the best thing ever. Yeah. And if you want to listen to that episode, uh, go over to Barely Bookish's uh Patreon. And find it there. Uh, she's also on Instagram. She is at Barely Bookish. And you can find the link to her Patreon there. Go listen to us gab about Bridget Jones. But I think that we should just start gabbing about all of these movies. Yeah, let's, uh, we're going to do it. We're yeah, going to do it, guys. Do Stay tuned. <laughs> but until then. I want to give our final shout out to Well Here We Are Pod, who gave us our breakdown for Emma. Please follow them at Well Here Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us, listen to the other episodes, do all of the things, and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye. Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer, and me, Elle Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at whitbeyondmeasure.com. Or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBM Podcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBM Podcast.